Hope you're having a great weekend so far. Decided to jump on here as a last minute live stream. Don't have the chat going because this is just jumping on here right now. Got to share. Folks, Trump is still the man. Still the man. Makes moves and people respond, including government officials, about faces. Maybe it's about saving face. We're going to get into all of that. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. But tell me one other person in American politics right now that anytime they sneeze, they move left, they move right, they look over their shoulder, they say something, they truth slash tweet something out, and massive action takes place after that. They indicate a move they're making, and spin comes out of the leftist fear. People go into countermeasures. And things happen just because of what Trump says or does. And he's not even currently in the Oval Office. How effective is he going to be during his second term? He knows the lay of the land. He's got a uh, he's got unfinished business, as we uh, showed yesterday on that clip from a Republican operative, that he's got unfinished business, that people have unfinished business, and we want him in there. We're going to get into that. But let's talk about the finishing business of this current regime when it comes to shooting every damn thing out of the sky. No debris was recovered from airborne objects President Joe Biden ordered to be shot down over Alaska and Lake Huron last weekend. Okay, this is according to the U.S. Northern Command, so this is official. The military said late yesterday, Friday, in a a night press release, you know, folks, when they, they want to get news out, that they don't really want you to see or they just want to keep it on the down low. They release it on Friday night, late night, going into a three-day weekend. You notice, they I pointed this out umpteenth times in the last six years that I've been doing this. It's part of their MO to hide the truth or to downplay a story. Amazing. U.S. Northern Command recommended that search operations conclude today near Dead Horse, Alaska. And on Lake Huron, as search activities have discovered no debris from airborne objects shut down on February 10th and February 12th, 2023, it said. Talk about beating a dead horse. <laughs> it actually happened in Dead Horse, Alaska. Kid you not, folks, you can't make this shiz knit up. This is incredible. The Biden administration has employed the U.S. military, federal agencies, and Canadian partners to conduct systematic searches of each area using a variety of capabilities, including airborne imagery and sensors, surface sensors and inspections, and subsurface scans. We'll get to the second why they can't find the stuff. Well, I'll tell you right now. Little tiny $180 balloons that don't have much of a footprint when shot down by $400,000 each missiles, you're probably not going to find debris. That's like, I don't know. 
I'm trying to think of, of an example. That's like putting an M80 or dynamite into a little box with a rat in it. It's going to explode. It's going to make a big mess. And then the rain, the snow, and the wind is going to be hard to find anything from an aerial view 20,000, 10,000 feet above ground. Weird example, folks. I don't know where I came out of that. But you know what I mean? It's going to be very hard. The bits and pieces are going to be so tiny that it's a waste of time and money to even search for anything. Because, of course, we know that stuff, all these things were shot down because it is a distraction from the fact that Joe Biden, a puppet controlled and bought and paid for by the Chinese Communist Party, allowed them to traverse the United States over very sensitive military installations and spy on us. And then they destroyed the evidence outside of South Carolina. They didn't want anyone to know this. Luckily, a journalist from the Billings Gazette in Montana saw it, put it on the interwebs, and it went viral. Everything we're seeing since then, folks, is what they call a cover-up operation. That's all. Simple enough. By the way, folks, big hug to all of y'all. I just want you guys to know that we here at BCP Media Studios, we are a family operation. We consider you our family as well. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter which of the two genders you are. You bleed these colors behind me, red, white, and blue. We bleed the same color. I love America. I love the Constitution. I love God-given freedom and liberty. And that is why I do this every day, twice a day, just on YouTube, sometimes three times a day, and a daily show, every other day show on BCP Unfiltered. And I'm grateful to you for listening to me and being part of our BCP family. So if I could physically go and give you a hug, just please receive that. That's what I would actually do. And now, if you meet now the hundreds of people that we've met Mrs. BCP and myself out and about and during our uh, BCP family reunions and meetups, they will attest to you that we really are huggy and we love hugging uh, our fellow patriots. Just, just receive that, folks. Receive that. You are not crazy. You are not alone in your thoughts of wanting a real president back in who fights for our country, who does right by the everyday American and is not working for elitists. You're not crazy thinking that all these things working against American citizens and our freedoms are coordinated and being colluded, uh, AKA that these conspiratorial actions are not imaginations of yours. You can see it. They try to play head games and gaslight you thinking that you're crazy because you see the connections. Oh, you're one of those theorists. No, you're a realist. You're seeing what happens and you're not alone. So thanks for being part of our family. We are not a loony bin. We are a truth factory. And here is the truth. The Biden administration has spent over $1.6 million shooting down these $12 hobby balloons. That's right, $12. If you missed my other report, it says that these Pico balloons range anywhere from $12 to $180 each, depending on the type. Now, $1.6 million dollars is on the low end because they um they're calculating that on the cost of 
the four hundred thousand uh, dollar missiles. So the four shot down, right? The three shot down after the shoot down of the balloon, the China spy balloon, Chinese spy balloon over South Carolina. So let's back out this 400,000 and put 1.2 million. Oh, nope, it's still about 1.6 million. Why? The operating costs alone, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. I forgot. We missed the shot over one of them in Lake Huron. So that is four. My bad. Yes, I know I can do math. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Do you have a degree in economics? I did calculus for a living years ago. Totally forgot that. But yes, four times four, the three objects shot down since the China spy balloon. But remember the object over Lake Huron, they missed it the first time. So that's four missiles at 400,000 each, 1.6 million, but it's more than that. The operating costs for an F-22 are $85,325 an hour. $85,000 an hour to fly an F-22. Absolutely insane. Ted Cruz clowned all over Joe Biden. Tweeting out, to be fair, Biden's providing a powerful deterrence for any high school science club that may try to invade America. Talking about these Pico balloons, these are enthusiast balloons. Of course, they're all out there. They've never been shot down, but they shot them down to distract from the fact that Joe Biden did not shoot down a Chinese spy balloon. And every reason why they gave us on why they wouldn't shoot it down is in fact the ones that Joe Biden and others have said why they're shooting it down. Here's Joe Biden on Thursday. Hazards to civilian commercial air traffic and because we could not rule out the surveillance risk of sensitive facilities. They shot down damn weather balloons because, according to Joe Biden, they couldn't rule out that they were spying on sensitive facilities. Yet, when the original Chinese spy balloon was actually traversing the entire United States, well, not the entire United States, but, you know, it came from a, a, a northwest to southeast trajectory over, as we detailed here, tons of military. I I gave you a list of every single military installation, uh, nuclear site, and other sensitive government facility for our uh, protection and our defense that was within the path, the surveillance path of that original Chinese balloon. And now he's saying here they shot down a $180 balloon because it might have been spying. Wow. That's probably why in the latest poll, 
people are turning on Joe Biden. Now, you know, these poll numbers are worse in reality than what's being reported. So let's talk about what's being reported and know that it's probably worse than that. First of all, we know that Joe Biden's had a physical and that he is fit for office, even though, uh, let's see, what did they find at Walter Reed? They found that he's got uh, uh, atrial uh, fibrillation, hyperlipidemia, astroesophageal reflux, a stiff gait, and peripheral neuropathy in his feet. Okay, so those aren't things that are going to stop you from being president. But uh, what about the mental capacity? Biden's physical exam of Walter Reed National Military Medical Center appeared to not include a cognitive exam. The Republicans have demanded one be disclosed. So was one done or not disclosed or was one not done? Probably they just didn't do it because it could leak. And we might find out that he doesn't know the difference between giraffes and dinosaurs if it's not written on a teleprompter. Remember, what we're living through, folks, here is the third term of one Barack Hussein Obama presidency. He is the presidential whisperer, like he said he wanted to be, in a basement uh, telling Joe what to do and his people coordinating the whole Georgie Porgy crowd coordinating things behind the scenes Monday through Thursday and then Friday and the weekends, they can show up to actually talk to Joe Biden because we have no visitor logs or know who's actually visiting the president of the United States, Joseph Biden. So, and this Harvard Cap Harris poll found that a majority doubt Joe Biden's mental fitness after this medical exam. A majority of registered voters doubt President Joe Biden's mental fitness to serve as President of the United States after he was pronounced fit to serve upon examination on Thursday, a Harvard Cap Harris poll released Friday found. The poll asked, is Joe Biden mentally fit to serve as President of the United States, or do you have doubts about his fitness for office? 57% doubted his mental fitness to serve. 43% said he is mentally fit which means, of course, a majority does not think he is. Mentally, what about morally? Well, check this out. In another Harvard Cap Harris poll, also released yesterday, 62% of registered voters believe Joe Biden had participated in his family's business dealings. The question was posed as, did Joe Biden participate in his son's influence peddling business or did Joe Biden not participate in his son's business? 62% believe that he did. 38% believe he did not. Now, what's interesting is that Joe Biden has claimed at least seven times on record that he has not been involved in any way, shape, form, or fashion with his peddling, with his family businesses. But we have at least 19 pieces of evidence now essentially two and a half times for every time that Joe Biden is officially on record saying he had nothing to do with their business. We have 19 pieces of evidence now suggesting that Joe Biden has played an influential role in his brother James and Frank's and his son Hunter's activities. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. That's what he said in 2019. Once again, the minute he said that, that's a Democrat, Saul Alinsky, Marxist playbook, Accuse your opponent of what you are actually guilty of. We, Trump should be investigated. In other words, I should be investigated. Biden was really saying in 2019 because I'm the one involved in 
business dealings overseas. Influence peddling through my son and my two boys. That's what he was really saying in Marxist speak. So we've got Frank Biden admitting that he he peddled influence to the White House while Biden uh, was president. This was reported by CNN, folks. Not Fox, not Newsmax, not OAN. CNN said that they have evidence suggesting that Frank Biden had admitted to peddling influence while Joe Biden is in the White House presently. And last week, we we it surfaced that uh, James Biden secretly negotiated a $140 million settlement deal in 2012 between a U.S. company and the Saudi Arabian government because of his relationship with his brother. They were making money off of this. They were making money off of this. But look, folks, it's, a, it's about to get very interesting uh, on the Democrat side because we have a challenger, the first challenger to challenge Joe Biden and his supposed plans to run for re-election in 2024. Now, I'll tell you why this is a big deal. It's not the person that's a big deal. It's the timing and what she's saying that's a big deal. And we're talking about Marianne Williamson. Remember her? Well, it looks like she's going to be launching her primary challenge to Joe Biden uh, today or tomorrow. I'm recording this on Saturday or, uh, you know, doing this live Saturday, February 18th. So today, tomorrow, sometime over this three-day holiday weekend. She's a former 2020 Democratic uh, presidential candidate. She's going to be going to New Hampshire this weekend where she's expected to launch a primary challenge. Wait, wait a minute. You're saying uh, she's going to New Hampshire? But the Democrats just changed the first stop in the primaries to South Carolina to favor Joe Biden. This is where it's going to get interesting, folks. This is what Marianne Williamson is saying. She's talking about the corruption in her own party. That's where this is going to get interesting. In an interview last uh, night with Political or yesterday with Political, Williamson spoke vaguely about her plans to launch a presidential campaign this weekend. I'll be making a, st- a statement this weekend, Williamson, excuse me said when she, when asked whether she was she decided to run for president 2024 then she said i will be in new hampshire williamson told the outlet that she, that if she does not run for president she would absolutely run as a democrat sorry that if she does run for president she would absolutely run as a democrat rather than an, an independent and this is why it's important because this is what she's talking about williamson's interview seems to be the most concrete piece of evidence that points to her presidential ambitions after it was reported in December that she was trying to build campaign operations in early Democrat primary states and put out feelers to donors. The DNC in December, after this, reorganized its primary calendar schedule by replacing Iowa with South Carolina as the first state on the presidential nominating calendar. The DNC's decision is thought to favor Biden as his victory in South Carolina's 2020 primary propelled him to be the front runner in the Democratic Democrat primary field. Now, this is where this this is where I want to get to. Williams said that the DNC's decision to upend five decades of five decades of tradition by reorganizing its primary schedule is spitting in the face of democracy. How can the Democratic Party present itself as a champion of democracy and do something as undemocratic as overtly engineering the primary schedule to make sure that their chosen candidate would win it? So she is running as a Democrat, talking about the corruption of the Democrat Party. Folks, that's going to be fodder, and that's going to be good news coverage. It's not about Marianne Williamson, 
But if she's out there making noise against Joe Biden this early, and part of that noise is the corruption of, we know this, of the Democrat Party. There are some people that want a woman as president, that want a Democrat woman as president, that are going to pay attention to Marianne Williamson, at least for a while, until they figure out that she's a little bit of an interesting character. Let's put it nicely by saying it that way. But she's got a bone to pick. Remember back in 2020, they uh, she didn't make the Democrat Party primaries because they had changed the debate threshold. Remember, they keep making these changes to favor who they want to be their party leader, not who the actual Democrats want. And folks, I'm telling you, pay attention to this because some of these same, the same, some of these same machinations, some of these uh, same plot schemes and plans are going to be used by establishment Republicans against President Trump. They will not prevail, but they will try. Speaking of President Trump, the man is still in charge. Check this out. As I reported yesterday, we have uh, Michael um, Regan, the EPA administrator, finally going to East Palestine and in, in Ohio weeks after it actually happened. He actually went on Fox News, and this is what he had to say about his delayed visit to East Palestine. This is absolutely ridiculous. Listen to this. It's two days ago. Thank you for your time. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin, yeah, Senator Joe Manchin said this. He said, "Well, I'm glad the EPA administrator Regan uh, will visit the site today. It's unacceptable that it took nearly two weeks for a senior administration official to show up." I That's not from some right wing guy. That's from Senator Manchin, the closest thing we have to a reasonable Democrat. To you, then, sir, what what took so long? Well, you know, I have to say I'm thankful for the emergency responders, including my EPA staff that were on the ground. Why are all of these, why are all of these Democrats, when you hear their voices, the males, they sound beta. They sound beta. Because they are. That's why. They sound like it because they are. Why do they all sound weak? Why do they all sound like are there any testosterone? How much testosterone? What are the T levels of these people? You don't think China and other of our opponents and enemies are not seeing every single person that this administration puts up from Alejandro Mayorkas? Alejandro Marcus to me sounds like a man who barely passed puberty in his voice. It's so Blinking. All a bunch of pansies. My goodness gracious. Look, I'm not mach uh, machista. But when you have people who are in charge, have women in charge. I'm telling you, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, uh, Paulina Luna, they have more conviction and power in their voices than 90% of the males in the Biden administration. But hell, what's a woman? What's a man in 2023? Hours after the trail derailment and have been there since. I, I think we have to be responsible here and understand when you bring in a senior official, especially at the cabinet level, you divert or pull away resources from the emergency response. Oh, you couldn't go because... You're such a big freaking rock star, Michael Regan, that no one's even heard of or knew your name until 
you didn't show up at East uh, Palestine. And then when you finally did, that if you went, you're such a big freaking rock star that all these resources would have been taken away from the actual assessment of the damage because they would have to make way for you, the king of the EPA. I don't know. President Trump, the president of the United States, would immediately be on site for all kinds of catastrophes, hurricanes, etc. And that didn't seem to stop the efforts of helping the people out locally. So I'm calling BS on that one. Uh, from the state police and the like. And so we wanted to be sure uh, that the emergency responders had all the resources and the focus to do what they've done. Thankfully, no loss of life, uh, no injuries. And that's because emergency responders and local officials were able to focus on the job and, and not visitations. Yesterday was a- Oh, they were focusing on the job, not visitations. For two weeks, for two weeks, it took it took uh, it, it took you to get out there. Well, guess who announced that they would be coming? Last night, it was, or yesterday afternoon, it was tweeted out. A source familiar confirms to Fox News that President Trump will visit East Palestine, Ohio, on Wednesday to tour the damage of the Norfolk Southern derailment and cleanup efforts. Now, this was announced after I reported to you yesterday. That the EPA has deter uh, that excuse me that FEMA had determined that they're not going to be doing anything as far as emergency relief funds or anything in the area because that wasn't their lane. They literally said two weeks later, look, FEMA, this is not this is not what we're going to do. This is not what we're going to do. We're not going to, we're not going to, this is not our lane. We're not involved in this. Okay. Local authorities, they can look at this. We have nothing to do. FEMA is the federal emergency management agency. Okay. To manage emergencies. Anytime FEMA's involved, run the other way. It's the old, be very, very afraid of the government when they come a tapping and saying, we're the government and we're here to help. Well, President Trump is not the government currently. And he said, I'm going to be there next Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. Lo and behold, last night after eight o'clock, Ohio governor says FEMA will provide resources to East Palestine. They literally said they're not going to do anything. President Trump says, I'm going to be out there. We're going to see what's going on. And all of a sudden, FEMA, all of a sudden, magically, gains religion and wants to help the people of East Palestine, Ohio. Tell me President Trump doesn't still have influence. He's still not a leader and is still not a rainmaker and uh, makes magic and things happen. With this one story, I showed you the opposite. The Federal Emergency Management Agency will deploy federal resources to the site of a train derailment in Ohio, Governor Mike DeWine announced Friday evening after seeing earlier this week that the agency has deemed the state ineligible. FEMA and the state of Ohio have been in constant contact regarding emergency operations in East Palestine. U.S. EPA and Ohio EPA have been working together since day one, DeWine said Friday night in a joint statement with FEMA Regional Administrator Thomas Savak. Tomorrow, FEMA will supplement federal efforts by deploying a senior response official along with a regional incident management assistance team to support ongoing operations, including incident coordination and ongoing assessment of potential long-term recovery needs. 
Earlier this week, DeWine said the federal agency had determined the town was not eligible for FEMA aid despite concerns about water and air quality, saying, although FEMA is synonymous with disaster support, they're most typically involved with disasters where there's tremendous home or property damage, such as hurricanes or or tornadoes. DeWine initially ordered the evacuation of residents in the affected area, recently ordered five days later. Now, both of the senators in the state, remember, they've got Sherrod Brown, who's a Democrat, and they have J.D. Vance, who's a Republican, have both urged DeWine to declare a disaster in the state. Now, Vance has emphasized that such a declaration must not put the uh, honors on the state and federal governments rather than North, uh, Northern, uh, Norfolk Southern to be accountable for any damages. So J.D. Vance was like, yeah, let's declare a state emergency, but let's make sure that the train company is responsible for their damages, not the government. Isn't that interesting? So here we have the government doing nothing, but then President Trump says, uh, I'm going to eat. We're going we're gonna to see what's going on. Folks, hours, we're talking mere hours after Trump announced his trip to East Palestine, Ohio, that FEMA finally says they're going to do something and they're going to release disaster relief funding on local citizens and help out in coordination from we're not going to do anything to we're going to do two or three things to assist because we can't let Trump upend us and overshadow us and show the American public what's really going on. Can't make this stuff up, folks. This is this is this is real life. This is real life. Also can't make this up, folks. We got Jaya Paul, Jerry Nadler, and Diaz Baragan, Democrats from the House of Representatives, asking Joe Biden to allocate $20 million in American taxpayer money to provide illegal aliens facing deportation with social services. Now, I left out a very key word here when I read that to you, and the word is another. So let me read that to you again so it has even more of an impact and an emphasis. So it'll be more memorable to you and piss you off even more. House Democrats are asking Joe Biden's administration to allocate another $20 million in American taxpayer money to provide illegal aliens with social services. Now, it was Jayapal, Nadler, Baragan, and 33 other House Democrats are asking Joe Biden to expand its case management pilot program, which contracts with non-governmental organizations, NGOs, to provide mental health services, legal services, and other social services to illegal aliens. You come into our country illegally, you break our laws, and then we, the legal taxpaying citizens, are to pay for your legal services, your mental health services, and your social services. That is how Joe Biden wants it. And the Democrats want more. See, this was a pilot program because they couldn't officially say this is the new program, but it is slowly but surely in in name and documentation because it's actually happening in practice, turning our border law enforcement to a border welcoming and processing committee. And who's making those ducats, that cash money? Who is making those money? These NGOs. The primary, this money has primarily ended up in the hands of Church World Services. Church World Services. Yes, if that rings a bell, that's the same NGO that was part of the Abolish ICE movement. 
Why would anyone vote Democrat is beyond me. Voting Democrat is literally voting for your own death, destruction, poverty, and impoverishment. And the slavery of your children to debt slave, slavery. Now, did you notice something there? They want to provide social services and health services, including, I kid you not, folks, mental health services. But hey, mental health services is a good thing. Absolutely, it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But now it's their new thing they care about. Why? Because John Fetterman. John Fetterman is now, no, not days, but weeks in recovery uh, the timeline here, I did speak to uh, a close senior aide of his last night, and uh, he said... This is uh, uh, Daisha Burns at MSNBC. ...that we're looking at uh, not days, but also not months, so most likely weeks that Senator Fetterman will be in inpatient care. Again, likely a few weeks that he'll be in inpatient care uh, for clinical depression. Uh, oh, but he's a hero, folks. Already, the spin... The spin. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday. You all know go untreated with depression every day. Senator Fetterman did the right thing and brave thing today, today or just this week uh, by getting the help that he uh, definitely needs. Millions of. So John Fetterman is now the good guy because he knew he had these medical issues before. Several, right? The stroke, this other thing a couple weeks ago, and this. Now that he's seeking help, that's going to take him weeks away from doing his job. He is now a hero. He is now a hero. He definitely the right thing. Look, folks, if you have mental health issues, seek mental health help. That is not what is, 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 that is here. What's here is that he knew he had these problems and didn't seek them until after he became a senator. And now he's not able to function his job. It's a, it's a form of fraud. It's a form of fraud. But there you go, the talking points. You're going to hear everything going on about what a great guy, what a great guy John Fetterman is because he hid his mental issue, his mental health issues and his other health issues, even though some of them were very obvious, from the public. And now he's dealing with them after he got it. Wow. Weeks. But check this out. Uh, the people, his staff, are totally happy. He was very difficult to deal with. Fetterman's staff had trouble dealing with brain-damaged senator, knew he had severe depression, but couldn't tell if his silence was from stroke effects or if he was crippled by depression. Um, so now they're like, okay, well, he's getting the help he needs. We have two weeks off because he was very difficult to deal with because we just didn't know what was going on in that brain of his. Wow, folks, can't make this stuff up. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're uh, watching this live stream on YouTube or the replay. If you're listening to this or watching, well, you, you can only watch this on YouTube and on Spotify, but if you're listening to it on our other podcast platforms, please make sure that you follow so that'll help us get more exposure in the podcast space. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless, and yes, I have more reports for you throughout the weekend. Stay tuned.